Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerberg. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. So today we're going to uh, do some missions feedback. Uh, as Enku said, the Albania team is back. And uh, so those from Tigerberg um, who are here who's going to be sharing his taste. And Anna, you guys can come up. Um, Lisa is going to miss out on the opportunity to share. And so um, you guys can ask Lisa personally uh, what her experience was and some of our highlights. And obviously for those of you on the Pray WhatsApp group, um, you would have also received kind of a, a continual updates from the team, the Belgium trip, the Albanian trip. And uh, so Anna and Taysong are going to maybe share some, uh, just elaborate a little bit more on what was maybe shared on the prayer group already, or maybe share some of uh, the other testimonies that they didn't get to share um, on the, the missions group. So uh, open up your hearts and uh, be blessed and uh, consider yourself a part of these testimonies that they are sharing. Uh, consider yourselves part of the lives that were impacted that they are going to share about. Amen? Anna, you can go for it. Awesome. I'm still processing everything. <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> I'm already overwhelmed. Um, I arrived yesterday, so I'm still tired. <laughs> anyway, um, Etienne said he would give me 50 minutes to share all my testimonies. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so just um, some of the testimonies that stood out to me um, on our trip to Škodra was um, one that technically happened by accident. Etienne had told us about a place that we should visit where there was someone to connect to. And I had gotten his place mixed up with a place that Marna had told us um, also to go to, which went like over our heads somehow. But anyway, we went to the place that Marna told us about by accident. <laughs> And we met a girl that was like, we just connected immediately. It was really supernatural. And we ended up telling her, okay, we're just going to go to the other place and then we'll come back. And when we came back, we like spent the whole afternoon with her. She was like, this is not that important, but in Albanian culture it is. She kept giving us like um, food and stuff like that. And we got to like share over food which is unheard of, like people don't generally invite you to things there, unless it's a coffee. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got to share with her and then she um, told me that her father had passed away 12 years ago, which explained a lot of how she was acting and I could see she was hurt, so got to minister to her a bit, but then she invited us after one day of knowing her for dinner the next day, technically at her house, um, and that really doesn't happen, like, <laughs> that is a miracle, and we went, and she had made us, like, a Christmas <laughs> feast, basically, it was a really a big blessing, and then again, we, like, got to share with her individually, um, it was Lisa, Jackie, and I, and finally, someone that the guys had connected with, he also stayed for dinner, Alex, and um, so we got to minister to him, to her, and it was just so cool. Like, we're really excited about the journey ahead with her because she's so open and she's a Muslim, so it's going to be amazing to share Jesus with her. She's such, like, a person of peace. She knows basically everyone in Škodra. So um, to have met her was just really supernatural. <laughs> and then... Um, we also met another girl uh, that Shane and Marna met on the ferry to Albania. She's from Japan. Um, and I got to spend time with her on Endurance already. And then she decided to come with us to Škodra, literally just because we had been spending time with her, which was amazing. She's traveling the world at 20 for six months, which is super awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so she came with us to Škodra. Then she got to meet the rest of the team and... Jackie got to share the gospel with her, which is like not a thing in Japan. No one knows Jesus or basically no one knows him there. They don't have a concept of a God really. So it was really amazing to be able to share with her and just like 
seeing or experience our community and our team was such a blessing because at the end we were like, yeah, it's custom in our culture to pray over someone when they go. <laughs> and then <laughs> we all got to um, pray for her and she was like, her prayer is that she's gonna learn English better so that she can have deeper conversations with us, which is so cool, like such a, an awesome testimony. And you know, just in general, the second day Lisa and I were walking and we were like, oh, we're just like not meeting anyone. Like what's going on? This was before like all of this. I'd already met Aki. And then we're like, Jesus, like we just want to meet one person. And then 10 minutes later, we started meeting people and we were busy until the end. And there was just such a great need of people seeking God and like really wanting to know more about him. And then I, so because we have South African passports, <laughs> we need Schengen visas to go to Albania. So I had to travel through Germany, and um, thankfully I got to visit a friend there. And uh, yeah, there are many testimonies there too, but one that stood out to me is I had to go there before and then come back. And I don't remember telling this person that I was going to... Um, going on mission. I usually don't because it usually scares people a little bit. But then um, I came back and my friend was like, yo, this guy wants to like hear what you were doing. And I'm like, what? That's interesting. <laughs> and so we met up just before I flew back and he like really just wanted to know what I had been doing and something like he was speaking about the community that he's experienced from Christians, even though I think he grew up Catholic. But then, um, yeah, something that really stood out to me because I got to share the gospel with him, and I was like, I will probably hear because Jesus wants to, wants to seek your heart. <laughs> and he was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> but he said, um, yeah, just, now I've forgotten what I wanted to say. Um, oh, he said something that really, like, impacted my heart. He said, like, it's crazy to him that I came all the way from South Africa to Albania to share with people. I must be convinced of this, and it must be something big. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, you kind of have it. <laughs> so, yeah, but we're, we're, like, looking forward to connecting with the people. Like, most of the girls in Skodra are open to a Bible study online, so we'll be con connecting with them continuously and just building, keep on building relationship, keep on like explaining God's love to them and just introducing them to him. Um, so some of them are believers, some not. So it will be awesome to do that. And then what happened in my heart, <laughs> that's why probably why I was crying. <laughs> but um, it's just like getting new revelation of dying to self, which this morning I realized like, it's so much more than we think. Like, it's it's different to what we think. We think, like, you're dying to your body so that Jesus can work through you. But it's dying to everything that you want and that you think is best for you. And realizing, like, dying to self means making uh, an opportunity to reach people that have never heard of Jesus and... Yeah, throughout this trip, I've, I've just been overwhelmed by the need um, that people have in this world, like the need for Jesus and the amount of people seeking him that already know, like they're already ready to receive. And that was just amazing. So, yeah, uh, thank you, you guys, for like for partnering in prayer and in finances. It's really like it enabled so much, like, we can't even explain how much. It's really been amazing. Like the prayers literally led to us meeting almost, I'd say almost everyone we met were people of peace, which is insane. Like usually you meet like one maybe or two and this time it was just amazing. Yeah, and then, yeah, I am praying about um, possibly going to Skodra for a longer term. Um, and I've been praying, speaking to the leaders about it, and yeah, it would be awesome if you guys also stood with me and just prayed about it. So yeah, it's a big step and it's overwhelming, but the need is overwhelming. So yeah, it's really been 
a life-changing trip and very fruitful and it's been awesome with the team. I think that was also something that really blessed me from this trip is our team dynamic was like <laughs> supernatural. It was really awesome and the support like we could give to each other was amazing. So I'm really thankful for these guys, to Jesus, and yeah, just for everyone that we got to meet. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Taisa, you're up next. Good morning, everyone. It's actually dangerous to hand me one of these. But <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that don't know, I was traveling with Etienne. And uh, it was just such a privilege to be a challenge to him and a, a constant pebble in his shoe and to return the favor that he so graciously extends to us. Um, no, it, it was awesome. It was so much fun. And just like ministering to people everywhere we went, it was really like once in a lifetime kind of experience. Or well, I hope not. But yeah. Um, I think what stood out to me the most was just really the overwhelming need. Like people don't have what we have. People don't like know the truth. They don't know that there's more to life than just working and getting your money and meeting your carnal needs. And that was sad to see. It's really sad to see. So there were a couple of individuals that really stood out. Uh, one of them was the hotel manager and he really asked a lot of questions. Like, some nights, Anna and Jackie would stir him up, and he would be asking so many questions, they just offhand him to me, and then he starts hitting me with like, what was that one question? Something, of, yeah, no, it was deep, but he was constantly seeking, and it was just so awesome, like, to have someone right there that was, he's Catholic with faith, but, um, just throughout the whole week we were there, he's constantly been um, tagging along with us, asking questions. We're still in communication with him, and uh, we're hoping that he, yeah, just, I don't know, decides to um, be discipled. But um, the other people were, um, we were out cycling one day, and the whole day was kind of going slow. We're like, we're not speaking to anyone. What's going on? And by the end of the day, we ended in a coffee shop, and there were two people sitting there, and Etienne just signaled to Kunrod to, you know, just ask them where they're from. And it turned out the English was actually great, and that turned into a whole eight-hour, like, adventure of just going from place to place, talking to them about everything from, um, what was it? I spoke to Edward, and you spoke to? No, I spoke to Andreas, you spoke to Edward. But like seven or eight hours of just talking to these people. We even opened the Albanian translation on the Version app and had them read from it. And it was just turned into such a fruitful encounter. Like almost after we'd given up hope that the whole day had like walked out. And we um, also met some very atheistic people that completely rejected like the idea that there's... A, a purpose to life. There's something bigger out there. And um, it was sad to see. It was sad to see. We still like um, took their details and we're going to stay in contact with them. But um, there's, there's a great need out there, which is why I also have been thinking of maybe going back for a longer season. But we'll see how that plays out. And yeah, no, I, was, I was really blessed by the trip. And um, I would recommend it for anyone that's sitting on the fence. Just go. Worry about it later, yeah. And I pray that God will really show you guys and lead you the way going forward and in your decision making. And uh, these guys were champions on the trip. They really were selfless in their, their giving. And uh, like Anna, as you guys know, she did everything she could to raise the support to go. Um, Days didn't even raise the port. He was like, uh, I'm going to use all of my savings and I'm going to go on this trip and uh, make it happen. And so uh, you guys really dedicated yourselves to, to the mission that God has called us to. And um, 
what you guys have experienced and what you're going to experience from the seed sown on the people's lives and even in your hearts that you receive, there's going to be supernatural and significant. And you guys don't even yourselves know what is still to come, um, but it is going to be glorious. It's going to be amazing because you responded in selflessness. So I thank you, Father, just for each one of the, the team who's gone and who's uh, made themselves available that not only in the seed that they sown on people's lives and the, the, the supernatural impact that's still going to have, I thank you, Jesus, that something is, is happening and uh, continuing to happen in each individual's hearts as they responded to your love and your grace and overflowed with that to people who do not know who you are. We thank you, Jesus, just for uh, each life that has been impacted on the team and that the impact is going to continue, it's going to remain, and it's going to lead to a hundredfold fruitfulness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Awesome. Now you guys can go have a seat. So, uh, God, well, you can uh, put up uh, those videos uh, for me quickly as well. Or not videos, the, the photos. I just want to show you guys a few photos and I'll share um, as we're going. Um, so, there on the top right, sitting next to Kunrod, Kunrod's the guy with the uh, yellow cap, is Yusuf. He was the hotel manager. And as, um, as they shared, like he was uh, so open from the get go to to hear about why we're here, and oftentimes ask this question, the question of um, really great questions, like, is this just something that you guys are doing, like, a, is it a, more of a holiday, because it's a, it's, a, it's a good question to ask, like, here we are, and it's a beautiful country, um, out, out of season, so um, they can't really call it a holiday, because all of the holiday, holidays goes would uh, go at other times of the month. So we had that in our pocket at least. Uh, no, I'm just joking, but uh, he really asked a great question and such a, su- such a seeking gentleman, um, really caught up in a lot of religion uh, because of ca- uh, um, being uh, grown up as a Catholic. And um, as Thais shared, um, even like this morning, I sent him a message and like uh, continuing reaching out and, 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 and sending him resources. And he's so open, he's, he's taking it all in asking great questions. So already there's a form of discipleship taking place with Yusuf. And uh, Yusuf is really also like a, um, Anna shared, a person of peace who really took our message from the get-go, asked questions, investigated, and uh, wanted to spend time with us as well. He experienced community, experienced the living God that all of us have experienced because uh, ca- being, part, being a Catholic is really, it's, it's not a living God. Yes, there's salvation even in that because of the, uh, the message of Christ that they do have in some way, in some degree. But ultimately, there's a salvation without relationship, which is not what Jesus wants for us. And so he got to experience a lot of that salvation with relationship. And uh, he, was, uh, he was so impacted by time there that he continually asked this question of, what happens when you guys leave? Like, are we still going to be friends? Like, or was it just a kind of a hit and run kind of situation? Which is a great question to ask. What now? Like, yes, we've been here. We spent some time with him. We ministered to him. But what, what when we leave? Like, like is it just going to fizzle out? And uh, so he really got impacted in such a radical way. And we're looking forward to uh, just see the great fruitfulness coming from, from his, uh, his life. Uh, next photo. Um, so there sitting um, top left corner is uh, Mersad, which is an um, organization owner there, um, a non-profit. And they've also got like a, a, a book club there and uh, a restaurant of sorts. They serve drinks and different uh, things. So it's more of a, uh, an eco, they call it like an eco club where people come together and network and just uh, have an experienced community. And so Mursat is uh, Albanian, but his second language is Italian. So uh, we shared a lot and conversed with him in, um, on Google Translate. Praise God for technology. Uh, Google Translate helped us a lot. Um, it's obviously a lot slower, but uh, Mursat was also so open and so hospitable to us. Um, so much so that one of the nights that we were also in the town, um, there was like a, um, like a festival of sorts on every night, like very festive because of the Christmas season. And we bumped into him again with his team and they were helping out with cleaning up and just helping uh, move people around. And he came over to us and they wanted to do like a, a video for their page to um, just uh, share a little bit of our, our, our um our experience of their town. And so uh, I'm still in contact with Mursad. Like I said, it's uh, really challenging because his, uh, his, his uh, English is very bad, but he was very open to also uh, get to know us and to spend some time with us. So we're looking forward to uh, seeing more fruitfulness from Mursad's life. There we have uh, Edward on my left, and then uh, with the glasses is um, Andreas, which Thais talked about. 
And so uh, there um, was the first, the, the first coffee shop that we went to. Like Anna shared, uh, the tradition, there are cultures a lot more to meet up in coffee shops than it is to meet in each other's homes. So like with Anna's testimony of the lady inviting them to her uh, home, so to speak, because her home and a coffee shop is in the same building, um, but to provide a home-cooked meal for her. And like, I was jealous when I saw the photos of the meal. Like, I was like, man, like, why didn't I get invited to this, uh, to this meal? Um, so uh, she really went like full out. It was like a literal Christmas, uh, Christmas meal that they, they had together. And it was really awesome. And you'll see a picture of her in a moment. So here's another photo of, uh, of us at our second location. Oh no, this was our last location um, with, uh, with Eduard and, uh, and Andreas. And we had such great conversation, like Andre, uh, um, Tay said, we opened up the Albanian Bible, and eventually, as, you, as you're building friendship, and as you kind of uh, uh, lay a foundation for friendship, because you, if you just come in with this, this, this sledgehammer, Jesus, then people already, their walls are up, because they've been so hurt by, by religion, by the Mormons, by the, the Jehovah's Witnesses. So many sects have come in and physically hurt people, uh, uh, kind of uh, um, encouraging people in some ways through through Bible to even uh, take their own lives for greater good, and so a lot of that has happened in the history of the nation. So whenever people hear about uh, um, people coming in in an evangelical fashion and talk about Jesus, they already think Mormon or Jehovah's Witness, which we we've got nothing to do with that. And so uh, the, the, the important thing with, with all of this ministry, and it's called that specifically because it was also a pioneering mission, we took it very slow and established relationship and friendship, but then also knowing that we therefore uh, set period of time, we also need to kind of uh, judge where's this relationship at and where are we going to strike. Um, and uh, it was really awesome um, when we struck with Edward. Uh, the conversation became very heated, and uh, from a very like reserved person, he quickly became a very passionate person. Um, he's a Catholic. He's uh, currently married to a Muslim girl, um, which is also super interesting. And the reason for that is because they very much view all religions as the same. We all have one God. We all are God's children, and so uh, everyone chooses their path to God, and all paths lead to God very much. So that is a, a big culture for, for the people there, and uh, one of the problems, obviously, with that is no one comes to know or seek the truth, really, because they all settle with what they know, and that is all they need to know. And so, but as we started sharing with these guys, and started pulling out the Bible, and, and share from experience, and share uh, testimonies, you could see how radically it impacted them, because they have none of that. They've got no experience with God. They've got no relationship with God. Their reference to whether it's Muslim or whether it's Catholic is we go to church on these specific days and uh, the, the guy up front reads from these specific things and I don't really know what he's talking about, but I'm just there listening. That's kind of what it is about. And uh, maybe for some of you, that's your church experience. You come and you don't know what I'm talking about and you're just sitting there. Hope, hopefully not. Um, but uh, it was awesome. And since also leaving... Um, and we've, we've really challenged the team to, to step out and really be purposeful about reaching out to these guys, checking in, uh, uh, building relationship, sharing with them, share verse. Like, uh, just out of the blue, like, I felt this, and pray for those guys, pray for their salvation. And if they, are salva or if, if, if they are saved, for them to come to know and understand the truth, because that's the only way that they're going to be fruitful and impact that nation as Albanians. Um, you can go to the next photo. So that is uh, uh, the ladies with second from left is Aki, the, the girl from Japan that they got to spend time with. And uh, as you guys heard, on the last goodbye, all of the ladies were in tears. Um, it was interesting. It was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, they were all in tears, but I was also in tears right now, so I can't really judge them. Um, there's Aki as well on the far right. And next to Aki is, name again? Ari. Ari was the lady who invited them to um, the meal. That's not the meal that they had. It was a lot more extravagant. Um, and there, we just there with Yusuf again, out uh, walking in the town. Next photo. Um, there, the, the guys with uh, Lisa and Anna had a Bible study with Yusuf. Um, it was a little bit like court of God, so it was a little bit of a, an ambush. Um, he knew that, obviously, what we're about, but as they were having uh, cake and coffee, uh, we just uh, chatted to the team, and I was going to be in the meeting, and this was how awesome the team was. I was going to be in the meeting and lead the Bible study, and then uh, I got to go to another opportunity, which I'll share about in a moment, 
And so uh, I just asked the team, hey guys, just go for it, focus on this passage of scripture. And as they were having coffee, um, I think Lisa just opened up with her. So what do you guys thankful for? They opened up with Thanksgiving, and then uh, they looked at uh, Luke chapter 15 with the prodigal son, and they were super blessed by that. On Kunrat's right, there's also Alex, um, which uh, Priyank and Tay's got to spend some more time with, a guy from America, just also traveling the world, really lost, seeking answers, seeking for hope, seeking uh, to find purpose. And uh, I think uh, in moments where uh, with a lot of these people, and Alex specifically, you minister and you share your experience with God with them, but you don't see lights coming on. And you really, like, you can easily fall into condemnation and feel like, man, what was the point? What is the point of, of this person's life? And the amazing thing with prayer and sowing the seed is that the seed carries life. And unless the seed has been sown, no life can manifest. And so along with seed sown and the obedience to sow seed and then prayer and relationship being established and bold and being consistent in, la- in that, making yourself available when the time comes, which it will, the pauper is going to hit the fan and they're going to look for answers and they're going to know where to go to. And that is the blessing of being available, being light in darkness. And even when you don't see the lights coming on fully as you would have hoped for, uh, you still made an impact and there is a fruitfulness that will come. There's the last coffee with Aki before the uh, water work started. And uh, this is the, the meeting that I, uh, myself, Shane, and Marna, Jacolia, or Jackie went to um, go and meet the, the past Ilona, which is on my left with the white jersey, and then her sister uh, at the top next to me on my right. And this was also like a divine connection orchestrated by God. And how this connection came to be was um, Shane had a leadership meeting in Belgium, the mission trip just before Albania. And uh, they had a leadership meeting with the leaders there. And uh, he was sharing a few things. And then for some random reason, he said he doesn't know why I brought this up. He talked about the mission trip to Albania. And um, so that came up. And then afterwards, one of the leaders came to him and said, listen here, um, they don't know how our schedule looks like, but there's a church in Skodra specifically um, that they came across. And then they started telling the story how they came across this church. And how they came across this church is they visited a, a family members of theirs in Shkodra. And one day walking down the street on a Sunday morning, they heard music coming from a specific building. They went to go check it out because they, the, the, the melody um, sounded familiar, went in. And this was the launch of this specific church in Shkodra, the only evangelical church in the town. And uh, they got to meet the leadership there and has been staying in touch. And so they connected Shane to the pastor, Ilona. And uh, her, her story is really, really amazing. Um, firstly, it is counterculture for a woman to lead a church in Albania. Um, even for Alicia and Carl and the rest, it's been a challenge. And, uh, but it's amazing to see her commitment and dedication to the work of God and uh, trusting on His faithfulness. Now, she was married, and 15 years ago, her husband was murdered in what they call the Albanian blood feuds. So what a blood feud is that it's basically, it boils down to, you killed my father, so I'm gonna, I've got the right to kill your father, your brother, or whoever else in your family that I choose to kill. And so there's like a, um, they can be in prison for doing that, but it's something that is culture. It's part of the culture, and that's been going on for the last 500 years, where people just kill out one another, family members. Um, they've got like a, some, what do you call it, um, some gentlemen's agreements, uh, one of them being you cannot kill or murder someone in their own home, so they have to leave their house. Um, you cannot kill or murder someone if they're with someone else. And so um, the people in those circles are either, uh, some of them are so afraid that they haven't left their house for more than 20 years. Like that's how uh, risk-averse that they are, they are living their lives. And this church, one of the things that they are doing in ministering to those people is taking them food parcels, checking in with them and meeting up with them because they're too scared to leave their homes. And so her husband was, was murdered after they moved to England because of the blood feuds and the, 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 the danger involved in that. And they received the prophetic word, and I'm not going to go into the details of, the, of that, and felt to go back to, to, to Shkodra. And on one specific day, he just took the risk. He was alone. Someone came to him because you have to confirm whether this is an individual. Are you so-and-so? He said yes, and he was shot right on the, on the spot. And the amazing testimony is, firstly, how she has responded um, in light of what happened. She got to meet the murderer through just also word of knowledge by God. In a, they were in a specific restaurant, and God just pointed them out to her and said, like, that is the guy who murdered your husband. 
And she stood up there with the love of Christ, went to show, demonstrate forgiveness towards him. And um, from there, what they are busy doing and praying for is they're trying to set up a meeting in one of the big Catholic churches in the town because religion is still, like even though there's no life in it, there's still like a, um, an honor to church, religion, and things like that. And so uh, they are setting up a meeting to meet in, on Christmas Day in the big Catholic church, which is the biggest one in the Balkans areas, which is all the surrounding countries, with one of the priests to almost uh, be a mediator for bringing this blood, these blood feuds to an end. So we're praying and trusting with them that this thing which has been going on for 500 years and people just being murdered left, right, and center, that that will come to an end. And that the love of Christ, which is the motivation and the center and the, the, the core of this, that that will really be made known to all of the areas and the surrounding areas because this is happening all across the region and all across uh, the different towns. So uh, we are super thankful for that. You can go on to the next photo. Um, there's just us uh, having a coffee with uh, the gentleman from, from the church. Bertus' uh, um, nephew is also there next to me. Uh, you guys can go on. And then uh, there's Anna. And they also, this was also, the, she, she didn't share the story of this family and the connection um, with this family specifically. But this is also a supernatural connection. And this family was also just impacted by the ministry they received from the lady, so much so that the day before we left, they came to our hotel with their children to come and say goodbye. And uh, all of this is like, if you know the culture, it's unheard of. These things don't happen. And so it means that people experience life that they've never experienced before. And uh, so that is a, a great blessing. Next picture, um, there's uh, Ari just again, Ariana, or struggle to say her name. Next photo. Um, there's just all of us with Yusuf, with Alex. Um, yeah, Ariana was taking the photo. Apologies for the mispronunciation of the name, Anna. There's Yusuf again, next photo. Yusuf. And then this was also a cool encounter that I had um, after not feeling like it on the plane. Uh, <laughs> it's, always, it's always difficult coming back. Like you're super excited going on a mission trip and for the ministry opportunities that you get on the plane because, man, you've got so much life in you and you're excited. And so on the way back, um, the excitement kind of starts wearing off. Um, and uh, because we are busy every day up before 6 in the morning, uh, up till after 9 with the, the guys that we spend time with, we only went to sleep like after 11. Um, we do average of about 15 to 20 kilometers of walking a day. Um, the one day uh, taste myself did uh, 20, 25 kilometers of walking. Um, so there's a lot of walking and you're moving around and you're like uh, making contact with different people and then you're moving back and forwards again. And so this, this specific flight from Paris to Dubai was after a 12-hour layover in uh, the Paris airport, which uh, isn't fun in and of itself either. So I was super tired. My eyes were bloodshot by this time. And um, we started in, I started conversing with Emilio, which is originally from Spain, currently living in, 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 in France. And uh, it was awesome to just uh, engage with him and have spiritual conversation and to also hear about just his experience coming from a more Catholic uh, background and just, again, sharing what true relationship with God is about. So we exchanged numbers. Uh, he's currently on holiday in Bali. And I'm excited to uh, just uh, continue with every individual that we met up with, continue having relationship and having a spiritual conversation, continuing. Um, one more uh, or two more uh, engagements. Um, last year when I was in Dures, I got to meet a 16-year-old atheist boy, um, super intelligent. Tays also got to meet him on this trip. And so on the last day, got to spend some time with Alejandro. Um, we were scheduled to meet up the previous Monday when we arrived. But for some other reason, he kind of changed his plans. And I was super upset with him. I kind of almost like wrote the whole relationship off in a sense because I, I, if, if someone is not open to receive, we need to spend time with people who are open to receive and really want to uh, learn and, and hear more about Christ. And so on the last day, um, he asked if I'm available to, to meet up. And so I made time to meet up with him. And it was a super fruitful meeting. Like uh, Tase even myself uh, shared how, how blessed he was by this guy's reasoning and his logic. Like it's, it's, it's very carnal, but it's still, it's not ignorance. It's not uh, prideful. He's seeking, he wants to believe in what he believes. He doesn't want to just believe because it's a cultural thing to do. And that's, 
That's a better approach than culturally becoming a Christian. Amen? Some of you have, been, have culturally become a Christian and you've uh, graduated from that place to actually growing in your relationship with God and personally building a relationship with God. Praise God for that. But uh, So he's, he's, his reason for being an atheist today is because he still has some questions and he's asking those questions. And we got to answer some of those uh, questions that he had in the meeting and we could see just his whole... Uh, um, just personality changing as we shared amazing truths about relationship with God and what He uh, can experience. So Alejandro is one of those guys that I'm also now uh, continuing to build relationship and will have some purposeful engagement with them in the coming uh, weeks with regards to having some more Bible study. Then one more uh, lady that we got to meet um, uh, in the, the airport in Paris. Shane said, um, as we're leaving and getting ready for, for, for Paris, and knowing that we had a 12-hour layover, I wasn't excited to hear the word, but he was like, just be open to, uh, to ministry opportunities. And I was like, okay, I'll be open. I'll be open. Lord, speak to me if there's someone. And uh, we were sitting in the airport lounge or, or one of the, 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 the food areas, and there was this one lady at Starbucks, um, one of the baristas there, that we, we got a, a coffee. And it was amazing. She was singing, like, as she was serving people, like, uh, loudly, not just uh, muttering under her voice. Like, she was singing for people to hear. And uh, she wasn't doing it, like, in a prideful way, because, like, you could see she's very, like, a, she's uh, um, extroverted, but at the same time, not, not sure of herself. And um, I got to engage with her, and her English was also horrible. And so I used Google Translate, and I just shared with her, Hey, I'm Etienne. Um, we just came from Albania. Um, just wanted to encourage you with this verse. And I shared a, a verse with her on Google Translate, and uh, she was really thankful for it. Her name is Benal. Um, I'm probably mispronouncing it. But uh, Benal, it was awesome. So I asked her, what's the meaning of her name? And uh, she basically shared it's... Uh, it's it, it means Bethlehem, like it's, uh, I think, uh, French for Bethlehem. And uh, so she's a, she's a believer um, from a more Catholic background. And uh, I left her one of our, our, um, our, our business cards that we have for the, for the outreachers. And so I'm trusting that I'll hear from her because uh, she was really someone that I felt could be a potential person of peace. And uh, so uh, that was just another engagement that we had. And just being, being open and having our ears and our eyes open, God reveals these amazing opportunities to us all the time. Amen. Were you guys blessed by the testimonies? Good stuff. Uh, I'm super thankful. And these were just obviously some of the testimonies. We didn't share about everyone that we got to meet. Um, and obviously um, the rest of the team aren't here this morning to share. But uh, I want to encourage you guys to, uh, to check in. Like, if you've got a relationship with any of the other team members, like, just send them a voice and ask them, like, if they want to share just a, a, a three-minute uh, highlight of their, their trip with you guys. Because, obviously, um, it's not just Tigerberg that went. It's the whole ministry. People from Stellenbosch went. People from Ronnebosch went. Uh, and uh, it was really amazing. And even Priyank from the United States, he joined us as well to come and uh, minister. So reach out to those guys and be blessed by the testimonies that they will share with you guys. So uh, getting into the word this morning is, uh, I just want to open up with a question, asking the question, what are we living for? What are we living for? What are we doing with what we have? What are we doing with what we have? If we're not doing much with the gospel we have received, then we've either received the diluted version of the gospel or we've become passive in what the gospel calls for. If we're not doing much with the gospel we've received, then we've received either diluted version of it, or we've become passive in what the gospel calls for. Matthew 10, 7-8 says, And as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to the lepers and to those who are sick, and to make your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you've received the power of the kingdom, so freely re release it to others. We, we have received power. We have received life and purpose by receiving the Spirit of God, receiving the message of the gospel. Now Jesus says, freely you've received, now freely go and give this to others. You've received the power of the kingdom so release this to others. And this was amazing to be able to experience and to see how sharing with others, how it makes them come alive. It makes them come to consider what they are living for is, is, is maybe not all that they thought it was. Like Tay shared, like so many people started being challenged in what they are living for and realizing by engaging with us that there's more to life than just the natural, just the carnal, just working. 
And it's such a blessing that we were able to be in those positions in this specific time to bring Jesus and the gospel, the kingdom of God, to them. As you go, preach this message. Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world. But as you go, you don't need to just uh, do this when you're going to Albania or when you're going to Belgium or wherever you're going. But as you go, all of you are going somewhere after this meeting. So as you're leaving this place, look for opportunities to share this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. Man, it is amazing. This message is real. It is alive. People are seeking. People are looking. But what are we doing with this message? Are we taking it to them? You must continually bring healing to the lepers and those who are sick and make it your habit to break off demonic presence from people. This isn't God's work, guys. It's not God's work to break demonic presences off of people. He's given us the power and authority to do the work. We need to take up that responsibility. Again, what are we doing with what we've received? If we're not doing much with the gospel, if we're not seeking to break the captives free, then we've become passive on what the gospel calls for, or we do not understand what the gospel calls for. Revival is hitting the world, and revival hit Albania this past few weeks. Why? Because God's children were on the move. Because if God's children are on the move, then God can move. God moved 2,000 years ago by sending us Jesus, sending Himself to die in our place, and to give us an empowering for a new life, new purpose. And so when we are moving, we are making it possible for God to move. Because He's given us the power. He's given us the power of attorney to do the works. Romans 8 verse 14 to 17 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now it's very important to understand this. This term, Son of God, is not biological. Since coming to this revelation and understanding, it's, we've been so much more fruitful in ministering to Muslims because one of their pitfalls to the Christian faith is the Trinity. God three in one. Now, yes, we have God, three in one, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but Son is not biological. Jesus wasn't the Son of God in the sense that you are a son to your mother and your father, in the sense that you are a daughter to your mother and your father. But this term, Son of God, is talking about inheritance. It's talking about purpose. It's talking about a carrier of a will and a purpose. So Jesus was God in the flesh. He couldn't be God up in heaven and also God in the form of Jesus. God came, was born in human form, Jesus, the Son of God, the carrier of the will of God, making known the purpose and the desire of God. From the beginning of time, that was God's plan, to come in human form, to make relationship with God practical and known to us, but also to die, to sacrifice Himself. God didn't take His Son and lay Him down for us and looked at how His Son was being beaten and being murdered. That's not a picture of a good father, right? All of us kind of believe that for a long period of time, but never kind of ask that question. But isn't that a poor father to send your son and to just die for this purpose? Wouldn't it make more sense for that actual person to die for what they love or for who they love? You can nod your head. If you disagree with me, then uh, I need to uh, come and spend some time with you because if you're going to kill your child... For, for someone else you love, then that's not true love. God didn't kill Jesus. Man killed Jesus. And God was living in Jesus. Manifest for us. That is what Son of God means. It's not biology. And it makes more sense if we read it from that point of view. Because verse 15 now says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to f uh, fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by who we cry, Abba, Father. So in the same way that Jesus came, we've been commissioned now to live that out and to make that a reality on earth. Being carriers of the will of God because we've got His spirit living on the inside of us. So as Jesus' purpose to bring life to all who are dead, we now get to bring life to all who are dead. So we are carriers of that same purpose that Jesus 
made and was demonstrating to us. Verse 16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our Spirit that we are children of God, carriers of God's will, of His purpose. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. So talking about our death, our resurrection, we cannot live this out. We cannot live and be carriers of this will and this purpose if we haven't died identified with Christ's death and we were raised to new life with His Spirit, with a new purpose, with a new calling. And that is what is exciting. That is what the world is seeking for. But they don't know it because they're caught up in a whole bunch of carnality. They're caught up in a whole bunch of deception. What people don't know is killing them. What people don't know is uh, holding them back from experiencing true life. And so when we go whether it is to our neighborhood, whether it's to our works, whether it is to across the oceans, to, to unreached people groups. As we go, we are bringing the message of life. We are carriers of the will of God by revealing the reality of Christianity to them, God's will and His purpose, to have all men saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. God's Spirit has a purpose, and this is one of the purposes of God's Spirit which is to bring understanding. Understanding of what? Not understanding how to be a better business person. Not understanding to whatever, you fill in the blank. Understanding His purpose and will for your life, which is 1 Timothy 2, 3-4. God's will is for the whole world to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. Verse 3 says, This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. This is good. This delights God. That the world be saved. That the world come to knowledge of the truth. That is God's will and purpose for your life. That is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. To challenge you on this through church, through the people around you. To challenge you uh, in this through the Word. To not become comfortable in your carnality. Because it's easy to become comfortable in our carnality, right? In the nice things we have. In the chasing our dreams. But how many of our dreams are eternal, have an eternal impact, have an eternal value, have an eternal timeline? We need to ask ourselves that. Because only one thing is eternal. It's people's souls, people's salvations. And when we start living for that which is eternal, that is when we start switching on and start experiencing true life, true joy, true fulfillment. But if we're just living in the carnal in the year and now living for month to month, paycheck to paycheck, one holiday to the next holiday, one December to the next. Man, you are settling for so, so much below what Christ died for you for. And these are things, as I'm sharing this, I'm excited and passionate about this because I've experienced this, I've tasted this, I've seen this. My marriage is enjoying this. My children are enjoying this. My friendships, my relationships are enjoying this. My family is enjoying this. My brothers, my mom, well, since my brother's passing, it's been tough, it's been difficult. But they're enjoying the life of Christ and the purpose of living for something more than just the year and now. Because me being in their lives. That's not me uh, blowing my own horn. This is praise to God and His glory and me embracing and responding to the message and the calling and the purpose of my life. And this is not just for the past, it's not just for me, it's for each one of you. To live a life set apart. To live a life radically different. Because we have received not the spirit of this world. Not the spirit of carnality. Living in the flesh. Living for the temporal. But the spirit who is from God. So that we might understand the things freely given us by God. The gospel is about a calling into sonship. Into a family business. Carrying out the will of our Father. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 to 18. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. What is the fruit of believing? Speaking. James says, faith without works is dead. The Passion Translation calls faith without works as phony. Now if your faith as appear to be phony, don't be condemned. 
Wake up. Wake up to the reality of Christ in you. Start believing that you are called for a purpose to experience the love of God and to overflow with the love of God. You've been called into sonship, family, relationship with God, relationship with brothers and sisters. Like Anna shared and us getting all emotional up front, it was amazing enjoying that kind of close intimacy daily. But it was the community was nice, but we actually didn't spend as much time together as we could have. But the closeness we experienced was because we were living together on purpose 24-7. Living for the kingdom, for the king and his kingdom. And that knits us together in our hearts. Being of the same heart, of the same mind. Radically, intimately in that fashion. We also believe and so we speak. So if we're not speaking, then there's a, there's a disconnect in what we're believing. And so we need to come to believe something that is worth speaking about. Again, if the gospel you've come to believe is not leading you to speak, then you are believing a diluted version of the gospel. That is the, the conclusion that we need to come to in light of the scripture, in light of this prophecy. I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence for it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God so we do not lose heart though our out, outer self is wasting away our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient or temporal but the things that are unseen eternal again what are we living for are we living for the temporal or living for eternal god doesn't decide for you i can decide for you i can challenge you in what you're living for but ultimately we have to live with ourselves we have to live with our decisions but it's something we need to purpose and as we purpose it this purpose choosing to live for the eternal is the empowering to live through persecution it's the empowering to live through troubles and difficulties if you fall apart through a difficulty through a challenge it is because you have built your life upon the sand not upon the rock of christ who he is and what he's called you for and so look back at the last year the last two years of your life when you face difficulties when you face challenges did you stand upon the rock or did it feel like your house was built on the sand and you were falling apart? No condemnation, but there's liberation because you get to determine how you are building forward from this day going into the future. To live a life of purpose, to live a life based on the eternal, and to live away from the temporal. It's not to say that the, the, we don't have carnal needs. It's not to say any of those things. But those things don't move us. Those things don't determine for us whether we are going to Albania like Thais and Anna. It's not the carnal things that are moving them. If it's the carnal things, then they're probably not going to go. But if it's God's Spirit, then they'll move without even thinking about it. And so that is what we're praying for, for both of them to really come to understand, to see God's heart for them, in them going or in them staying. Acts 20 verse 24. Coming to a close. But I do not count my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if I only may finish my course in the ministry that I've received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. We all have a ministry. It's not different ministries. We all have the same ministry. And it's the ministry to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. It's a specific ministry. The gospel of the grace of God. If we're talking about the grace of God and it doesn't include the gospel, it's not the grace of God. If we're talking about the gospel and it's not about the grace of God, it's not the gospel. It's the gospel of the grace of God. It is a message of empowering. And in order to live in this reality, we need to make a decision, as Paul did. I do not account my life of any value, nor precious to myself. And I talked about selflessness. Are you willing to let go of your dreams, your desires, 
what you wanting to accomplish, what you wanting to be remembered for, in order for Christ and God to be glorified through your life. And God might give you different dreams and desires, but you will know. It won't be a question of like, ah, oh, like I wonder if this is. You will know whether whatever your dream is, whatever your desire is, if it's got a carnal packaging, for example, business, I'm doing this business in order to fund me doing ministry. Anna, for example, her cards were very, very carnal. She applied them through spirit, but the physical card is carnal. That card is not going to be in heaven one day, right? But what the cards led to was finances that enabled her to go on mission. And so it was easy for her to identify this card, this carnality has a purpose. Does your carnality have a purpose? Do the carnal things you're chasing for and that you're investing in, do they have a purpose that carry eternal value? If not, stop wasting your time. Stop selling yourself short and Jesus short for something that is mediocre. And the challenge, oftentimes those carnalities got nothing to do even with sin. So that's why we get caught up in those things so easily because it's not blatant sin. It's not like it's murder, for example. But let's really question and ask ourselves whether this carnal thing that I'm busy with, does it carry eternal value? Is there something eternal about this? Romans 8 verse 18 to 22, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. What is the creation waiting for and longing for? The revealing of the sons of God. What are the sons of God? Us being carriers of the will of God. You're only a son of God in context to this if you're carrying the will and the purpose of God. If not, you're saved and you're going to spend eternity with Jesus. Praise God for that. But you determine whether you're currently a carrier of the will and the purpose of God. I want to encourage you to challenge yourself and leave this meeting this morning, this gathering, with this challenge of, am I truly a carrier of the will and the purpose of God? And what, if not, what am I going to do to change that? Because coming to, to hear a truth versus making the truth personal to you is two very different things. All of you are hearing truth this morning, but not all of you are going to respond to the truth you're hearing. It's only those who are responding to the truth you're hearing that will experience fruitfulness and transformation. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And so people are dying. People are perishing without knowing Jesus. We get to change that. You and I get to change the course of people's lives by bringing Jesus to them, by revealing Jesus to them. And on mission trips like this past one to to, uh, to, to Shkodra specifically to Albania, a lot of it was pioneering in the sense of laying foundations and breaking into a different culture, breaking into a specific mold, and now continuing to build those relationships and discipleships which will lead to a deeper understanding for those people so that they can actually impact their nation. And yes, some of us might go back, like Thais and Anna. Some of us might go back for a period of time, maybe indefinitely, to continue on this work. But each person that went on this mission trip had a part in an, having an eternal impact on people's lives, even though we didn't see a, a specific salvation, for example. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and to proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Again, Jesus' commission to go into all the world. And yes, our world starts with the people around us, but we also have to consider there are people in this world that don't have the privilege of even knowing a Christian, of knowing anything about Jesus. So some of us might need to leave this country who is very well evangelized, if you haven't noticed it yet. South Africa is very well evangelized. They don't actually need more Christians in this country. Albania, on the other hand, Belgium, on the other hand, all of the East and all of these places... They, they were evangelized at some point in time, some of them. But now they're God-forsaken countries. Shane even expressed that Belgium was even worse than Albania is. And you would think Belgium and Europe would be in, on a better ground than 
Albania and the east of Europe would be. And so there's a work for us to do. There's a need out there. And we can't get overwhelmed with the need, but we need to ask ourselves some difficult questions about where does God want to use you? And where are you going to be most fruitful? 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 5 to 10. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So, again, there's a purpose for this. So, we are always of good courage. So, in light of our reality of God's Spirit, we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Again, this got nothing to do with salvation, because salvation is not about what you do, it's about believing on Christ. But what is about what you do is the lives we are living, whether we are using and taking advantage of the gospel, because at that day we will receive what is due for what we have done in this life, with the gospel we have received. So there is rewards laid up for ourselves in, in heaven. We don't need to wonder about what they are, how they're going to look. We just need to realize that there are rewards we'll receive in heaven one day. So let's not be motivated by the reward, but let's, let's acknowledge that there are rewards laid up in heaven. And we will be rewarded for what is due to us, for what we've done. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. We rejoice in saying with complete honesty and clear conscience that God has empowered us to conduct ourselves in a holy manner and with no hidden agenda. God's marvelous grace enables us to minister to everyone with pure motives, not in clever wisdom of the world. This is especially true in all of our dealings with you. We write to you with words that are clearly understood, and there is no need for you to try to read between the lines of what we write in hopes that you can completely and accurately understand our hearts. We know you have already understood us in a measure and that you will eventually come to understand us fully. Then you'll be able to boast of us, even as we will boast of you in the day of our Lord Jesus. Now this is really something in light of what we've brought to Albania, what we took to Albania, and even for each one of us, in the, what we are sharing daily and continually, consistently with the people around us who either don't know Jesus, who don't have a good view of who Jesus is. This is a reality. As Paul is writing this letter, he's writing about them coming to completely and accurately understand their hearts. We know that you have already understood us in a measure and that you will eventually come to understand us fully. So the people that you are ministering to, they might not understand fully yet what, what you are talking about, but continue ministering to them. Because there is a day coming that they will fully understand. We pray and we trust God. Because in that day, we will be able to boast about them as people have boasted about other people who have come to know Christ. Because if we don't continue, there will be no boasting and, and cheering on of people that have come behind us and people that we have shared to. If you do not share with anyone, if you do not take the, the, the opportunity to, to make Christ known through your life, don't think that one day you will boast about and experience someone welcoming you into heaven or coming after you into heaven cheering on your name for what you've done in their life. It's very practical. It's very simple. If you sow the seed, you can expect a harvest. But if you don't sow a seed, do not think you would expect a harvest. That is foolishness. James 1.18 God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of His infallible Word so that we would fulfill His chosen destiny for us and become the favored ones out of all of His creation. The life we've been given through Jesus is not one of carnality and settling for something mediocre. It's a life of significance, impacting people with the love of Christ. John 1, 12-13 But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Again, carriers of the will of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God's birth in us is not meant just for ourselves to settle. But God's purpose for our lives is to live for something greater than ourselves, to consider those who do not know, and to help them come into the family of God. I'm not going to look at the last passage of Scripture. I want to give you guys some homework from 2 uh, Kings 
there's an awesome story from, verse, uh, from chapter 7. And it's the account of the, the four lepers that were outside of the gate where there was a famine inside of the city. And uh, they had two choices, either to die outside of the gate or to go into the city and die because there's no food. Or to, they have the third choice actually to go to the, to the uh, opposing army, their enemies, and to go and be killed by them. So death was ultimately one of three options. But there was another option that they, they experienced and it was uh, um, life because the army was uh, fled and so there was food and spoils and everything like that for them to enjoy. But then they had a choice to make and this is where it leaves us. They experienced life. They experienced a second chance. They could have chosen to enjoy that feast and that spoil all by themselves, four guys for the rest of their life, but they chose to take that spoil into a city that was perishing, that was dying. And we too have experienced life through the gospel of Christ. And the question is, what are you doing with that gospel? Are you keeping that to yourself while people around you are perishing, dying, not knowing about Jesus? Or are you having your life and your heart be impacted with the love of Christ and being equipped so that you can be an effective witness to those people around you and sharing Christ with them and making Him known. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca And if you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca